0: You're listening to the Handmade CEO Podcast. My name is Maria Lauren, small business owner and creative entrepreneur. Each week, we'll discover the steps and motivation that inspire our guests to create income from their skills. Get ready to start learning how to creatively pursue your dream job by crafting it yourself. Thank you for tuning in to episode 86. There's a time to embrace DIY projects, and then there's a time to hand it over to the experts. Today's guest gives you the option of doing either. Eric's knowledge of SEO and a simple way of explaining it it gave me a whole new perspective on the importance of hiring an expert and, more importantly, made me realize it isn't just about using the correct tags in a post. Hi, Eric. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I love having experts on this show, and this topic is one that never gets old. I find that everyone has their own understanding of what SEO is, and I would like to get your take on it.
1: Well, SEO is short for search engine optimization. And so when you go to Google and you type something in the search box, you have the results that come up. Generally, you have the uh, paid or the sponsored posts that come up first. And then after that, you have the website that Google thinks is a good match for your inquiry. So that's where your website, your company needs to be optimized to be on that listing.
0: I had heard somebody explain it almost as if they're drawing the most expert person in that Google search, that those are the people that are ranking the highest. Can you explain how to optimize with
1: keywords? The uh, secret sauce for Google is that it's uh, Google is user-centric. So there have been many other search, engines that have come and gone, that they've concentrated more on the advertiser, and Google is concentrating more on the user and the user experience. So it wants to make sure that uh, Google wants to make sure that it gives the best possible search results for the user. So let's say the user is looking for a pizza shop in Los Angeles, and then they have a mechanic shop that comes up in Dallas, Texas. It doesn't uh, equate to a good user experience. So they want to find find the as as good of a search result as possible so also with geotargeting they can look through they identify your IP address sometimes if you're logged into your Facebook your Gmail they you know, Google kind of has an idea of where you are, so it really wants to give the, the best possible search result. When you get optimized by Google, it's also the conversion rate is higher because Google is kind of vouching for you, saying that hey, these people up top they paid to be there, but these are the people that are organically there. We've gone in and spidered their site, and we've checked the keywords, and we've seen that these keywords are a good match with this website. The conversion rate is generally higher, and it's, it's almost like a game changer to have that free traffic coming in from Google for a smaller mid-sized business also.
0: How easy is it to optimize those keywords on your website?
1: Well, <laughs> that's a that's a good question. It's Generally, what you want to do is you want to take a look at your competitors. Every small business seems to have their eye on that competitor down the street that they feel like is doing very well. And if they could kind of keep up with them, they would be happy. And so generally what I do is I take a company's top five or 10 competitors, direct competitors, and I do a competitor analysis. And then after that, I do a, a keyword research to see which keywords those competitors are ranking for and see how relevant that is to the to the client. So after that, there are a number of steps to go through to get optimized. So to answer your question, how easy is it? It depends on the product, the service, the, the competition level. If you have a product, let's say, for example, you're selling a pencil or you're selling a t-shirt, you're competing with companies, not only locally, not only in your state or your country, but also worldwide. So that's going to be a very difficult place to compete. But let's let's say, for example, you're a real estate agent in a particular town, or you're a dentist. You're not really competing with a dentist from the other side of the country or from China or from anywhere else. You're competing with, you know, within a certain mile radius dentists. And so that becomes easier to, to figure out and, and to evaluate a situation. Um, because you can look at those competitors, see what they've done and, try to do more than they've done.
0: Okay. Is there a simple way for somebody just like the average person to see what the competitor is using for keywords? Or is that something that you'd have to hire a professional for?
1: Well, there are certain apps out there. The one that I use is SEM Rush. There's Moz, there's Ahrefs, SpyFu, et cetera. These apps are starting at about a hundred bucks a month. So you can sign up for those. And it adds up because if you're going to do SEO, you're going to need a number of apps. But if you just want to check it out, you can sign up for that and see how that goes. Or if you're working with the agency, then you can have them run a report and see. So you want to see, first of all, the keywords that you're ranked for, see how you're doing, where you're ranked, what the search volume for that particular keyword is. Because a lot of times people, companies will target a keyword, but they don't realize that there's a ridiculous amount of competition for that keyword or the monthly search volume is very low. So okay. they go through that Effort without doing the the first couple of things as far as competitor research and keyword research. What
0: is a long tail keyword?
1: So for example, I'll use jewelry as an example. It's one of my favorite industries. Let's say, for example, a lot of people, a lot of companies will go and they'll try to optimize for the keyword jewelry. So everyone is trying to get that keyword. And if you were to get number one, or even on the first page of Google for jewelry, you're going to be doing very well. But Generally, what, what happens is there's, you know, diamond jewelry, there's pearl jewelry, watches, necklaces, engagement rings. There's all kinds of categories under the keyword jewelry. So what you want to do is you want to go after that long tail keyword, which is, let's say, uh, men's platinum diamond wedding band. So that's five or six words there. So what might happen is you might get ranked in the top 10 for that keyword, and there might be only 100 or or so searches a month for that keyword. But if you were to get a portion of that coming to your site, that's very targeted and a higher conversion rate as opposed to getting a keyword that's just jewelry or watches or something like that.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. So in other words, you're just being more specific with the items that you're selling. Because I imagine if I Googled it, I would probably have zero interest in that wedding band you were talking about. Whereas, you know, maybe I would want a pearl necklace or something along those lines. So it's just being a little bit more specific.
1: Exactly. Got it's it. Being very specific, so it, it again, it's kind of like if you're looking for a plumber, but there's a certain problem, nickel pipe replacement, etc. You're really particular in what you're looking for. And those conversion rates are much higher.
0: Okay. And where does somebody put that targeted keyword? And if you have, say, a blog, or if you are selling a product, like if you have a store like, say, Shopify, or Etsy, or whatever, where does that keyword belong?
1: Well, there's a couple different ways to do it. Some uh, people or uh, marketers, they'll take a page and they'll optimize several words within that page. Best practice is that if you build out a page or a blog post, you target that one keyword. So Google is not getting confused. You put that in the title tag, you put that in the tags, you mention that keyword several times. The alt tag is going to be that keyword, etc. There's no doubt about it that that page is that for that keyword. So when Google goes in and has split second and spiders your site, and whether you have 20 pages or 20,000 pages, when it goes in and Spiders your site in that split second, it needs to know what it is that each one of those pages are, or else it's just going to get confused and you're not going to get ranked for those pages.
0: Well, let's take the example of, say, a small business owner selling on Etsy. Do you know if that works the same, or if you're even if you're selling like on Amazon and you're doing like an Amazon handmade store, if that's what you're selling on?
1: Generally, the, the What search engine optimization is, is working with the search engines like Google, Yahoo, Bing, and so on. A lot of times there's pages that are indexed from the Amazon page or from the Etsy page, but the bulk of the practices that we do for search engine optimization is targeting the Google pages. Google, Google, Yahoo, Bing. Website. Okay.
0: Okay. So you know, I've heard many people say, and I, I recommend it myself too, that if you run an Etsy shop, that you should also have your own standalone website, so that if somebody is looking for a particular item, your shop would have the opportunity of maybe being seen on Google.
1: I totally agree. It's a different audience generally, and it's kind of like uh, we get comfortable in what we're used to. And so I go to Google. And so other people, they might go to Etsy if they're looking for a particular kind of product. It's kind of like some people are more comfortable with Snapchat, other people with Instagram, others with Facebook, and you kind of get into your comfort zone. So as, as a business owner, it's good to be in front of different audiences. So yes, I would say no matter what, Keep going what you're doing, but also if you're looking for traffic to your website directly, then you need to spend some effort in Search engine optimization.
0: Do you feel like there's any difference between the different platforms, like say Shopify, Squarespace, or Wix? Like is one better than the other for their SEO?
1: I think that back in the day, WordPress what they did was they literally built out their platforms to to please Google. So they wanted to make sure that they, you know, if you had somebody that built out a site and then after that turn it over to the business owner, it was easy for the business owner to go and, you know, plug in Here's where the price goes, and here's where the picture goes. You know, it it took away the. A programming aspect of it. Okay. And so WordPress has been very uh, popular because it's 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 pleasing the the audience where the customer is to be able to make changes on their website without waiting for the webmaster to do it at their their leisure, and it's pleasing Google. So I can say the same thing for Shopify. Shopify literally was built out to to do e-commerce for making sure that. Google is happy. Okay. And uh, some of these other sites I would say are on par like Wix and uh, a lot of these other sites that they're they know that a lot of the traffic for a small business, m- mid-sized business is going to be coming in from Google.
0: That's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> the options always feel a little limited and then it also seems like a real big endeavor if you have to hire somebody to completely create a website if you have an e-commerce website. So yeah. it's good that yeah that these are are working for people.
1: I know uh, platforms like Wix it's It's pretty straightforward to set up a website. And if you get stuck somewhere, you can hire someone to come in and do 5, 10, 20 hours of work and pay them their their fee and they're gone and you have your website. Got it. Uh, Depending on how particular, how many products you have and whether you have videos or, you know, whatever the add-ons are going to be. Okay. So it's made it. It's things that become easier thanks to, you know, technology, because I know 10, 15, 20 years ago to build out a site was a big deal. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, everybody knew a guy and that, that person would come in and they would charge a good fee. It was a big deal to launch a nice site. And these right. days, because of technology, it's become easier. And so the battle has shifted to how do I monetize the site? How do I uh, get the word out? How do I make new clients? How do I stay in front of my existing clients? And so on. And that's where search engine optimization comes in.
0: There was something you kind of touched on with adding video to the site. Does that have any effect on an SEO search? For example, if I was Selling on Amazon, they're saying, Hey, why don't you add a little video to your listing? And when I sell on Etsy, same thing. Now they have an option to add a video to the listing. So I know they're probably ranking some of those listings a little bit higher if they have that video. Does your page rank any differently if you have video on your site?
1: From my experience, it does. So it's for a, a couple of reasons. The main reason being that let's say you have a product page or you have have a blog post, whatever the case may be. And then you embed a video onto that page. So what happens is, first of all, we all absorb data in different ways. Some of us like to read it. Others like to watch it. Others like to listen to it. So you're hitting different senses when you add the video part of it, especially if you're explaining how it was manufactured or anything about the product. Some people just want to listen to it. They don't want to read a thousand word product review or product uh, blog post, etc. The second thing is when you embed a video onto your website, what happens is, let's say it's a five minute blog article, and uh, the person stays on your website and listens to or watches that video for five minutes. So Google is watching everything that's going on on your website. There's something called Google Analytics that I think every website should have it hooked up to their website. It's a free tool that Google offers. It shows where uh, when a visitor comes to your site which pl- uh, page they landed on how long they stayed on your website how many pages they visited you can set up conversions to see how many people converted from a particular campaign etc so one of the big metrics that google looks at to optimize your site is time on site so if somebody lands on your site stays for 2 seconds and leaves the site google is going to understand that that, that uh, keyword that they came in from google maybe wasn't a good Fit with that uh, website if that happens over and over again. But let's say they, they, they click on the website from Google they search something, they find your website on Google, they click on that link from Google, and they come to your website, and they stay on your website for three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever the case may be. Maybe they watch a couple of videos on your on your site. Then that's going to uh, add value, and that's going to help your search engine optimization.
0: I would imagine that some sites, for example, recipe sites, if you land on a recipe site, and you're having to read the instructions, and then you're having to go back to it or whatever, I imagine they must do well then because people, tend to have to stay on that site as they're following a recipe. Yes.
1: Yes, okay. So it's industry by industry. You know, okay. you have you have news sites where you're gonna read that article and you may be there for five minutes. And there may be other sites that you go and it may be a restaurant site, you wanna know their hours, you go to the website, you see the hours on the homepage, you're there for 10, 20 seconds and you leave.
0: Okay, a lot of what I see on those recipe sites that I was mentioning is, you know, you open up a page and then you have maybe a video play up top, and then you have another something or the other going on the bottom. To me, it's overwhelming. Like as a consumer, I just feel like it's a little too much. But I'm guessing the the purpose for all of that is kind of like what you're saying, to get the person that's there to stay a little longer.
1: Yes. And again, like I said, it's not just to stay a little bit longer, but you you, you can click to watch the video. The video is embedded on there. And so you can watch the video or you can read it. It gives you the two options without making it cluttered or confusing. Okay. Uh, Um, Because also, you know, if it's a recipe kind of a thing, it would be easier to to maybe have the instructions written out so that you know how much of what ingredient to put and instead of going back and finding that spot on the video. Mm -hmm. So it really depends, you know, on the service or product.
0: I don't want you to panic about this amazing offer coming to an end, but I really felt called to share this with you. Flowdesk is offering a $19 per month lock-in price until November 2nd. Just in case you're wondering, Flowdesk is the most amazing email marketing platform ever. They have gorgeous templates that are super easy to use. With features like unlimited emails, forms, and workflow automation, staying in touch with your customers has never been easier. Just having unlimited emails and subscribers for the low price of $19 a month is a bargain. They even have Flowdesk University to help answer any of your questions, and their customer service is pretty incredible too. Do me a favor and just look at the platform. I know you'll love it as much as I do. Transferring my old list to this platform was a breeze. Be sure to check the show notes to get a special 50% off link while you still can. Now back to the show. I know a lot of small business owners have transitioned their businesses from one market to another. So, you know, maybe when I first started, I started out doing one thing. And since I already had my URL, my website and everything, um, you know, maybe I transitioned into something else. So is there an easy way to know if you're ranking with the wrong keywords? Like after you've made a change and you're a couple of months in, what changes do you need to do so that you're no longer, you know, whatever, a chef account or now you're actually maybe selling equipment? for office equipment or something like how do you make that transition keyword wise so that you're no longer ranking as something that you're not
1: yes so what you want to do is first of all when you change the website um, make sure that all the pages are tagged correctly on the new version of the site so you want to make sure that those pages are without a doubt if you're selling a let's say a purse that that page is forward slash purse and it could be you know forward slash pink purse, blue purse, whatever, whatever the product is. And so you want to make sure, first of all, that that site is correctly tagged. And then what happens is Google goes in and indexes your pages. So those pages that were there before are no longer there, but they're there in Google's computers, we'll call them, servers. And so you want to let Google know that, hey, these products I no longer carry. These are dead pages. Because what Google hates is if someone is searching for something on Google and they find your website and they click on the link and that page is dead, that page is no longer there. And that that is not a good user experience. And the website gets penalized for that when Google finds that out. So it's better to let Google know, hey, these pages are no longer. And you can do that, especially if you have someone that does some of your website work. It's a pretty straightforward process. You submit a new sitemap and it's uh, it's a good way to go. So Got this it. happens a lot with e-commerce sites because the new fashion comes in for that season, for those 60 days or year or two, whatever. And then that product is gone. The new fashion changes. So that inventory is those pages are killed off, and then there's new pages that come. But Google doesn't know that. So it's a constant reminder to Google that, hey, I'm letting you know, I sold out on this product kind of a thing. Okay. So it's not like Google has a phone number that you call and tell them that. So you have (laughs) to, you know, you have to... Do it in a, in a way that Google wants you to do it.
0: That's amazing. There's so much that goes into all of this. It really does seem to me like the, the best way to get the most out of your site is to just hire somebody to help you through all these difficult little things you have to work on. Can you tell me a little bit about the services that you offer?
1: Of course. To go back to what you just said, there are ways, if someone wants to do it, there are ways to optimize your site. So the thing is, you need to have some time, you need to be a little bit tech savvy, and you need almost like a a mentor, someone that you can check in on and have questions and things like that. So I do uh, consulting where whether it's once a month or once a week, we get together on a phone call and we go over any questions a client has. We run reports, we screen share on Zoom so they could see their reports coming in, what their competitors are doing, suggestions on how to optimize for keywords and things like that. So that seems to be a good way to go if you want to work on a more of a limited budget, or you like doing this and you have the time to do it. The other way is people... Are not interested in this. They don't have the time for it. They don't understand it. They have a business to run. They have a family. They have you know they have things going on, and it's just you know they, they they don't want to deal with it. But without doing digital marketing, it's going to be difficult for their small business to thrive. So they have to hire a company or a consultant to come in and do the work. And so I have that service also where we set up game plan and we talk about what needs to be done and, and how it needs to be done. And I do consulting for that also. So the best way to do it is if anyone's interested, they can go to my website, southbay.com click on the book now button at the top there, and we'll set up a 15-minute consultation. We'll take a look at the keywords that they're ranked for, the keywords that their competitors are ranked for, the links coming in from other websites to yours, to, to your competitors, and take a look at options and see what we can do.
0: Maybe people in my audience, the smaller business owner, the creative entrepreneur, somebody that maybe used to just do crafting or used to have like a small hobby that's become now their full, full full-time business. I imagine that those small business owners might be more along the lines of the do-it-yourself kind of categories. So I was wondering, what is the price range for hiring somebody? If you just want to have a consultation all the way through to a full-blown, service.
1: Well, the full blown service, it just depends how aggressive they want to be, you know. Okay. If they want to build out a, a video a month or they want to do 10 videos a month and we can, you know, get into details and I can send over a proposal and kind of go from there. As far as doing consulting, what I have is I have uh, different services. My my favorite is to start off is what I call mentoring and so that's a, a 249 a month that's two meetings a month and also I give all the reports I give everything to do with competitors and with what they're doing and what others are doing that would work for them. And so in those three months, y- you should have an idea if this is something for you. So, And that's, you know, we, we set up goals. We've set up real uh, realistic goals. We set up a calendar and, you know, this Monday we're going to do a blog. Next Monday we need to do another blog, et cetera. We needed to do a video on Thursday, et cetera, and kind of let people go because it gets confusing if you don't know where to start. You don't know right. what where to go after. You don't know what your competitors doing. You don't know what links are coming in. A big thing for SEO that we didn't touch on, it, there are a lot of factors, but one of the yes. bigger ones is uh, called link building, online link building. So that's when I have a clickable link from my website to yours. That's a link coming in from my website to yours. And so the more links we have coming into our websites, the better it looks to Google, especially from uh, you know good domain authority sites. There are okay. uh, a lot of sites out there that are link farms that are domain authority 0 if you get too many of those then you know it's it's a negative point it's not positive to get that many negatives linking to you and a lot of marketers lately what they do is they buy links from these link farms and they link it to their competitors. And so the competitors even know that, you know, they're they're on Google's spam list. And so y- you have to have the tools to be able to go in and see who's linking to you. Okay. And then you have to, those links, you submit a form to Google to, to disavow those links to so Google knows, hey, I don't know who these people are. I don't want them linking to me. Just so you know, I have nothing to do with these, these websites.
0: Oh, wow. And I had no idea that happened.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's things like that, that just to, to be able to have a chance to optimize, it's good to have these tools or deal with some kind of a consultant or a mentor that that can uh, point these things out to you. A couple of these tools are going to cost you two, you know two fifty a month to start with. Right.
0: Well, and I feel like a lot of what we're doing as a small business owner is you're creating content or creating you know items to sell or whatever it is. You're putting it out into the world, but it just seems like sometimes it just ends there. It gets, lost there. What that service is offering is really a way you're showing everybody, right? How it is they they can optimize that product, that blog post, whatever it is that they're putting out into the world. Otherwise, it does feel like you're just constantly just churning out product or blog posts without any results. Yes,
1: there has to be a purpose to it. And it has to be consistent. I think life rewards consistency. And I think in business and Google and everything else, it's the same thing. So if I were to build out 50 new blog posts this year, if I did all 50 January 1st and nothing the rest of the year, that's going to be a negative score. That's going to be a complete waste of time. So if you did it weekly, there would be some consistency. There would be some patterns that Google would be seeing. And you take that blog post and you post it on your website, you post it on your Instagram, your Facebook, Twitter, etc. And you do it week in and week out with some consistency, and Google sees that you're not getting any spam reports. You're not flagged for inappropriate. Your social media is is going up. Your engagement rate on social media is. Is consistent, etc. Slowly, it's going to start to rank you for the keywords that you're looking for. It doesn't just hand over the keys to the car. You have to earn it, and it's through consistency.
0: When you're saying consistency, is it okay to say, like, if you consistently post one time a month for 12 months, or is it better to be posting a little bit more often? Is it better to post every other week, or is it better to be there every week? Are you saying, like, that the consistency is more important than
1: the numbers? You really don't know how many times you should be posting until you kind of get into it and so if you're at a dead stop you haven't posted a let's say all of 2020 you posted five blog posts and then you start February you you post 20. it's not it's not a, a right way to go okay so what I would suggest is if you're gonna start uh, posting blog posts for example I would say let's take February for example post four. Or post two, do every other week, and then let's say in March or April, do every week, and then kind of build it up. So there are certain products or services that it's kind of like spam. It's on Instagram sometimes. If you if you see there are people that are posting their products maybe every ten minutes, or it it becomes a little bit spammy. And and Instagram is watching that. You don't really want to hear from your dentist ten times a day. you (laughs) You know, like it's it's a at some point it's overkill, and so you'll find that as you. Uh, start to do SEO, when you're looking at your Google Analytics and you're looking at your SEO reports, you'll see where that is, where it gets to be a bit much. And also, it depends on your um, competitors. It depends on the field that you're in. Maybe you don't have 30 things to talk about, to blog about every month. So you don't need a blog post every month. Or maybe you do. So it depends on your service. It depends on your competitors. It depends on what, what you're able to do. I'd rather have you do one good blog post a week than do seven blog posts that are just generic and copy paste kind of work.
0: Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I had another question when you were mentioning about linking out. There was a while ago when I was when I had just a blog, I was writing articles on whatever it was. Maybe it was butternut squash or something. Mm-hmm. And every so often I would get emails that would, you know, it would be some A random email from someone I did not know, and they would say something along the lines of, I really liked your article or your blog post on, and then they would just insert my title, and they would say, is it okay if we link to your post but the whole idea was that they would be linking to my post and then I would link to their article on the same topic and for the longest time i just sat there and thought oh well, i'm going to figure out what what the point of this is like what's the angle mm-hmm. and you know i just always thought well there must be some reason that they're doing this and i couldn't understand if it was a good or bad reason so i would never reply to those but is there D- does that seem like a common practice cuz this this was you know something that was happening more often when i was posting
1: yes so when you start posting you're going to have people reaching out to you and so you're going to need to come up with a strategy and these are things that i consult on a strategy on how to entice uh, people to give you that link from their site to yours. And the first thing to do is to look at their website and there are different tools that you can use to figure out what their domain authority is to see if it's even worth it to get a link from them or if it's going to do more damage than good. So once you figure that out, then you can come up with some kind of a strategy on how to get them to give you that link. So it doesn't cost them anything to give you a link from their site to yours. So they're trying to figure out how to optimize their site and how to share your audience with their audience, etc. Now, one one of the things that when there was an algorithm change, I don't know how long ago, Google is always updating with different changes in their algorithm. One of the things that they frowned upon was something called link exchange, meaning I give you a link from my website to yours, and you give me a link from your website to mine. Back in the day, that was fine. But now it almost cancels each other out. You don't really get any credit. If not, you get a little bit, you get penalized from Google to, to try to do link building where you're saying, give me a link, I'll give you a link. All right, goodbye. Next person. Give me a link. I'll give you a link. So what you want is you want the one-way link. So you can give them a link or they can give you a link. But if you both give each other a link, that's not a good practice.
0: Okay. So it it just seems like it's... it. It's best when these links are exchanged organically.
1: Well, not exchanged. It's a, well, not
0: exchanged, but like I give you one and you use it. And maybe if I find a different one somewhere else. On exactly. the website, Okay, perfect. Exactly. Okay, got it. <laughs> or you
1: can do something where you can say, you give me a link from your website to mine, and I'll give you a shout out on my Instagram. Okay. You know, different ways. It doesn't, right. it's just not. Website to website.
0: Okay. Wow, Eric. There is so much to consider. <laughs> that <laughs> that's mentor. why it's
1: overwhelming sometimes. Yeah, it thing. is.
0: It is. Yeah, and your so mentor I, service sounds like a perfect fit for so many of us.
1: <laughs> that's why sometimes when I'm doing mentoring, I feel like I'm playing a part therapist, where it's like, relax. Look, we got this. Let's take a look at. Let's let's go from the ground up because once you start getting that traffic from Google that's coming in for free, it really changes your business. So because Google has most of the Search results coming in from everywhere, so you want to make sure that you're in that game. Okay, right. Usually, with Google, someone has an interest and they're actively searching for it. That's the difference between Google and, let's say, a Facebook ad. A lot of times, Facebook is more of a branding exercise where the banner's there, but you know, you'll you'll get to it when you see it, or you'll click on it and you'll put on your favorites so that when the time comes, you'll buy that product or you'll visit that restaurant or whatever. But with Google, you're there. You're you're typing in the search box of Google something that you're looking for. So it's it's you're closer to the end of the funnel when you're when you're on Google.
0: Yeah, it seems that way. I mean, I'm that's the first I think search engine I go to usually. So. Wow, amazing. Well, Eric, where can we find you and connect with you?
1: You can go to my website. It's thisismysouthbay.com. South Bay happens to be a part of Los Angeles that I live in. I've grown up in. I'm somewhat of an influencer and the marketer in the area there. So if you go to thisismysouthbay.com, all my contact information is there. And like I mentioned, you can set up a free 15-minute consultation. We'll go over options, any questions someone might have uh, if they want to look at what their website is doing at this moment and what it could be doing and what their competitors are doing. We can talk about whatever um, your listeners want to talk about.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Eric. These were amazing tips. Thank you. Well, there you have it, my friend, another talented CEO changing the internet one website at a time. I would consider myself a DIY enthusiast. I love to learn a new skill, create, and most of all, I love to see the finished product and bonus points if I can see the results right away. Unfortunately, it's hard to know if you're optimizing every area of your website with SEO if you don't know what to look for. It is definitely not a game of instant gratification. I'd see the value in hiring an expert in this area. Visit the show notes to connect with Eric and to set up a free 15-minute consultation. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Handmade CEO Podcast. Don't forget to check the show notes to get a glimpse of today's featured guest and special offers. If you love the show, leave a review and share this episode with a friend. Thanks for tuning in. Now it's your turn to start handcrafting your dream job.